just keep your mic close to your mouth when you're talking about things that are funny and entertaining. You're wiggling it around over here. <laughs> How close? Like, stop messing with me. You know the answer. No, but. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Outpost, a podcast about inspired thinking. <laughs> I'm feeling inspired today, uh, primarily because I'm in the vicinity of Krista. Uh, Krista, <laughs> what uh, color are you today? Hmm. Phalo blue. Okay. Any texture? Um, like thinned out with odorless mineral spirits. Wow. <laughs> I'm never asking how you are again. This okay, good. Way, way, way better answer. I'm is better it, with is colors. Is it good to be thinned out by spirits? <laughs> yes. Okay. Did you say odorless? Yes. <laughs> so these visual hallucinations in your mind also specifically don't have an odor, but the other stuff does? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I know. Chris is a constant whoa. Um, can you ask us a community question, Tom? Okay, I can. All right. The community must know. How many mummies should you own? <laughs> How many mummies? And we're owning them? It's property? <laughs> what other relationship do you want to have with a mummy? Why would you want a mummy? The, what could it do for you? Listen, the question says, how many should you own? None! I think the question assumes you're going to own at least one. Why? So, you can say none. Where did this question come from? In her lack of mummy acquisition. Why would you want a mummy? What do, would it do for you? Is it mummified and it's just like in its sarcophagus? Let's, so let's, first of all, you're having a big reaction to this, which excites me a lot <laughs> and I'd love to unpack that. But let's say that you, Lacey, uh-huh. who does so well with life at like taking the things that have happened and turning them to good in her own life. Okay, yeah. Okay. Starting now, there's a mummy in your house. You have no choice. It's just freaking there. How? What does it do for you? It's dead. <laughs> but how do you lacy this situation? I mean, like, do we night at the museum this and we bring in the tablet and, and we do a spell to make it come back to life? And then what? Then you have to deal with a living mummy in your house. And is that better? I don't That's know. That's a good question. That's what I'm asking questions. you. I mean, maybe. If, okay. Okay. If I had to suspend my thoughts about not wanting a yeah, mummy. Yeah, the fact maybe, is there is a mummy, and well, now you have to deal with that. In that case, maybe I want a, a brigade of them that I could <laughs> activate, and they could like do chores. There we go. Does that count? Well, so what constitutes a chore brigade? Brigade Is that five, <laughs> seven, three? I don't think I could deal with more than three. I, I thought about five for a second, and just think about bumping into each other. Like I don't know. It doesn't sound... Bumping so you would be outnumbered by the mummies. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't like it. I don't like any of this. Jared, I don't do you like, like it, it at all. I do. I, I love. Okay, you here's do? a question. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just so useful. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do think that they're cool. Uh, uh, here's a question. You know, taxonomically, is taxidermy, does that count as mummies? Because if so, there are lots of Americans who have a lot of mummies. It doesn't count. It doesn't count because mummif- there's no rap. Yeah, mummification. It's a specific process, okay. and it's not taxidermy. Well, how many mummies should you own? I I can't speak to that p- question. Probably me, at least two in my life. But here's an interesting thought. In his life, at least <laughs> Have you guys Just over the course of a person's life how the Egyptians were right? About how weird that is about mummies. About how it how it how they 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 said we do this ritual, and when you do this ritual, you live forever. 
this is an immortality ritual and their bodies don't decay. Well, their bodies don't decay. That's true. That's what I'm saying. It's like they somehow knew in some way that what they were doing would eternally preserve some part of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does that happen? You know, is there some... How did they know that? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think the answer is two. They were you trying do. for yeah. so long. Over they the course were like, of your life. We no, want I want to last forever. So we're just... Today we're just going to take out this guy's kidney and his spleen, and then you know tomorrow that didn't work. So we're going to take out all of this guy's He's organs. He's going through the entire history. Like the process of, of like slowly figuring out how to process. like preserve somebody's body, and then like that is somehow also part of your like mythology and like universal perspective. It's just so interesting. This feels like some like three a.m. thing that Jared got really into in the last couple weeks. Dude, I exist purely as three a.m. things. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. It's true. <laughs> yeah, if this were my podcast. It would be called the 3 a.m. podcast. 3 a.m. things. <laughs> the 3 a.m. cast. Now I'm starting to think of who would the mummies be. That would play a that would play I'll a role in whether or not I wanted a mummy. So here's what I think too. In the event that that mummy wakes up or comes back to life or whatever, one of two things is happening. One, now you have this like burden of having this relationship with this thing, and I'm already very busy. So like, like but that's a dead. lot. But but like now but you have to it like comes to life. it's back okay. to life now. So like okay. you have to like deal with its emotions or its lack of emotions or whatever. If you have a There's second a one, then they can like be friends with each other. Yeah. You know, okay. it's just sort of like that's why you have two kids. Mm-hmm. They play with each other and you can have some breathing room <sighs> theoretically. I don't like any of this. The other option is the mummy comes back to life and is going through some whole like existential I'm lonely thing that like turns into all this violence and chaos. So you just cut that off right at the start by just having another mummy. All right. Or you start with one mummy that's like the ideal mummy, and then you always just have to try and find more mummies to match the ideal mummy, and then you just wind up with a whole, whole. Yeah, how many the you have? subpar mummy. <laughs> the, partic- the particular mummy that you wake up is like a thousand-year-old bachelor, and is like, I just really need love. Help me find a, a, a mummy bride. <laughs> you're like, oh, I was hoping you'd have useful skills, but you're just lonely. Travel around the world, ransacking tombs, looking for a bride. Wow. How many mummies would you have? How many mummies do you have? <laughs> <laughs> or am I the mummy? Oh, my God. <laughs> She's the mummy. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next community question. Krista, give it to us. I wanted to read this one because it has wing in it. Okay. The question is, how much are you all just winging it? <laughs> how much are we? What would we have? Winging it. What would we have been winging it about? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, Jared, have you ever seen us, known us to wing anything? Uh, we, you know how some people are like uh, ready, fire, aim. Yeah. We are like ready, aim, aim. Let's schedule another aim meeting. <laughs> aim, aim, and then actually, you know what? Let's not call it fire. You're <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Except for then, we end up calling everything fire. <laughs> Except other times where it turns out that Tom and Mark have been firing things the whole time before mm-hmm. the meeting. And I mean, jokingly, ha 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 ha, we're totally winging it all the time. Um, then there's a very serious answer to this where it's like, listen, we have all been in business for decades and like we're taking this seriously and you know, you can trust us. And then there's, I think, the more like, the- like foundational to who we are answer, which is like, if you're not winging it a little bit, like you're not stretching yourself outside your comfort zone. And you know, we don't want to be just in our comfort zone. We want to be uncomfortable all the time. And so we are often 
going into a territory we've not been in before, which has a little bit of winging it that is, you know, safe because of what we bring to that situation. But yeah, there is a lot of us going into spaces and doing things that we've never done before. So there is a fair degree of winging it. But I think that that's where you want to be. I think there's a certain amount of winging it in like the trust that we give each other where we will like all together come up with like the starting of like a path and concept and then we'll like uh, say to an individual person like, you know, run with that, take it to where you can see it going and then bring it back to us. And in that sense, we're kind of telling that person like, you know, go wing it, like give us whatever you can summon out of you and then we're we're all going to come back together. What's interesting is, you know, when I first thought of this question, my first reaction was I wing it all the time. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm not sure that's true because even you, Jared, talking about, okay, go wing it. Winging it to me feels like there's like a lack of preparation, a lack of strategy. And and I think at least that that I may do things fast, but there's all this like preparation and skill that I've honed over a period of time that makes any time that I can kind of hyper focus for a few minutes and prepare, I've got I've got years of preparation behind me, and so it's never really winging it. It's just I only need a short period of time to prepare for something. Um, yeah, and I think that's pretty ideal. Like when you spend your time like honing your tools so that when you are in the moment where it requires the use of them, you don't have to think about them. You don't have to think about you know all that goes into it. You can just be there in the moment and act. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's also an extent to which, and I, you know, super identify with that, but there's also an extent to which, like, part of just about everyone's job description here is, like, make up something really cool, Mm -hmm. like, and everyone wears multiple hats and blah, blah, blah. And I think that part of what we have cultivated in this space is we're going to bring together a bunch of people who are very, like, you can trust them to wing it. Yeah. Like, Go figure out how this process works. Mm-hmm. Go figure out the most efficient way to do this thing we have no idea right now how to do. Mm-hmm. Like, go and wing it really well mm-hmm. is basically what most startups are. And that is effectively what we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is sort of, we are winging it. But So if the definition of winging it is like quickly problem solving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or I'm is behind the that. definition of wings winging it adding wings to everything? <laughs> this changes everything. I feel like we need to start the conversation <laughs> over. How much are you? Because we are not it? winging it nearly as much as we probably should be. No. No. Let's add wings. Or not. Yes. Let's add the wings <laughs> to the mummy. Then what? <laughs> now you've done it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Callback. All right, let's move into our main topic for today. Um, we have a tendency sometimes to talk about uh, creative living and being a creative professional in a way that's like making sure people know how hard it is. You know, we just it's very serious business. We want people to know how serious we are and how much work it is. You know, to be a creative professional. And I'm like tired of listening to it, to be honest with you. So today I want to talk about the simple pleasures. Okay. I want to talk about the weird little things that you love in your craft. We each have kind of uh, independent crafts, if you will. And so I bet we're going to have kind of a wide range of, of little weird joys. Um, so we're just going to pass the baton around talking about the little weird things we like and uh, see how it goes. Does that sound okay? Great. Okay. Um, Tom, 
what's something weird that you just love about what you do? Hmm. Well, I don't know that any of my things are going to be particularly weird. I'm sorry, but they're going to be small things. They're going to be. Ab- you would like abstract me to relabel no, it? I'm just, as I'm just small. apologizing for myself in advance. Everyone else can be weird. Okay. Um. Let's see. Something that I really like. I like filling notebooks. It's just something very satisfying like about filling up a filling notebook. Filling it. Or done just just by page. having like look at the stack of notebooks that has you know hath been filled with stuff with ideas like. I really like that on my shelf there's this stack of these notebooks from Unsettled okay. that mm-hmm. are just like, I'll probably never look at them again, but there they are if I want to in 20 years go back and look at the original notes that eventually led to this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, Until you have to move. Yeah. <laughs> though, I'm getting much better. The, in, in the past when we've had to move, like the Tom is a problem has been much more extreme than it is these days. Cause I used to like have all these designs that I was going to like do all these weird art projects with found things. So every time we moved, it was like, and I have 17 milk crates full of tire irons and, and like railroad ties. And I'm very serious. Like look at all these rocks. <laughs> that's all, that's all gone now. Um, another moment I really like is in game design. I love, love, love the moment where we cut something away. The like kill your darlings moment. But then everything feels so like you can just feel like it's let its shoulders out and the whole design feels better instantly mm, because you removed something mm-hmm. like that is such a satisfying part because we, we will cram so many like every conceivable idea into this system. And then there's this process of peeling them away and everyone that we peel off. It's like, yes, the game is so much better now. Mm-hmm. And we just do that over and over again. It's wonderful. I'll peel Fun. away the layers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about your notebooks thing is for me, I work so much in the digital space that there's almost nothing that I can point to in real life. That's like, I made that that's, that is tough for me sometimes. And so talking about you having those notebooks, it makes me think about maybe I need to just do a little bit more writing in notebooks to have something material to show for my thoughts, ideas, creations. More than half of what I do is on the computer. Mm -hmm. I use like a note app. Um, so everything is organized and I can type so much faster than I can write. And I find myself forcing myself off of the computer into the notebook sometimes just so that I have that, yes. like that little experience. And then it ends up working really well for me because it's a different space and it makes my mind work differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's always the reason I go there. It's not because like I'm really smart and good at understanding that going over here is going to make my bar- brain work differently and I'm going to be a better designer because you just, of like, it. Want to be able it's to just like, I want to have my stack of notebooks <laughs> for myself. Uh-huh. And so it's, but it all works out. Okay. I like that. Um, Jared, what's something weird that you, okay. It doesn't have to be weird. What's, what's a little thing that brings some joy to you? Um, similar, but not s- similar to Tom, but not mechanical, but, but narrative. Um, right condensing trimming uh efficiency flow creating um that when you know my my first iteration of a paragraph is is really wordy and that part of my brain that just like wants to use a whole bunch of big words in a row just like went crazy and then later on i realized that you know we also needed to have some sort of mechanical explanation on the page and so now all the jokes and also or not all the jokes but the best joke or two and the the important narrative now has to be condensed from a paragraph and a half to like two and a half sentences mm-hmm. and um 
the 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 flow and efficiency of using just the words that you need and having it and having it flow not just uh, logically but also as we're play testing I'm listening to people read all the narrative out loud and it's like oh that didn't flow exactly right let me see if I can switch that up and uh, and making the the narrative stuff like satisfying to read is is a really fun little thing that I like. Mm-hmm. It's that it's it's interesting. It's that element. It's not quite restraint. What is that when when you can take something that that had took up so much landscape, took up so much real estate, so much space and bring it down to something that makes more sense with less words? That is satisfying. Why? You can just feel how refined it has become Mm. like you've peeled away all the extra and you're just like on the it's potent. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's potent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Concentrated. Yeah. Mm Totally. Oh, I like that. Um, Krista, give me something fun, a little joy in your work and your craft. I love like the physicality of the writing or drawing implement on paper. I have this certain fountain pen that just the way that it feels when the tip touches the paper and the ink flows, it just like that feeling just makes me, it's almost regardless of what I'm actually drawing, just that feeling is so good. Similarly with brush pens or um, like watercolor, letting the ink spread out onto the page. There's something about that tactility that I don't know what it is. It just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I have is, uh, so a lot of times what I'm doing when I'm working in social media and content strategy is I'll be kind of interviewing somebody, right? I'll talk to them, try to get them to tell me a bunch of, of content. I'll take notes kind of wildly. And, and, and then, <laughs> and then um, what I'm basically doing is while they're talking, I'm kind of crafting what they're saying into like a social media post. Um, and the reaction that I can get sometimes when somebody talks for five minutes, oh my gosh, it's almost the same thing of what you two are talking about. When somebody can talk for five minutes and I can repeat back to them, okay, so here's how I wrote that out and I've got two sentences I say back to them. And, and when their reaction is, yes it, that's exactly what i was trying to say um maybe that, they didn't even realize it yet yes it's yeah. that that validation of somebody feeling seen and heard by me being able to take in their information and regurgitate it and you having the experience of knowing like you just cut through and got to the yes. heart of something yes, yeah yes, that's yes. awesome exactly and it is funny that i didn't realize until i was saying it out loud but it's it's it in refining. harmony with what you two are saying mm-hmm. interesting um I've got another one. Good. Um, uh, something that I really like is whenever uh, Justin and I have an opportunity to to score one of our videos and uh, compose some music. Mm. Ten and, out of ten. And we'll, we'll sit down ten. and we'll watch it, and we're like trying to to capture the vibe. And then once the video is done, we'll we'll say some words back and forth to each other about the 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 color and the content of the music. We'll start talking about different instrumental options and and. Like, you know, obviously in your head when you have an idea, you know that it's that it that, you know, you think that it's good. But sometimes when somebody else is trying to pitch their idea to you, like you don't immediately see its value. And something that has happened over and over and over again during those composition sessions is one of us will pitch an idea to the other and the other will either a not understand the idea or b will will think that the idea is, is you know, not worth doing. But once we move past that and, and explore it a tiny bit, the, the true value that that is that is brought is is brought forth and we mm. both can actually see that it was it was beneficial mm-hmm. sometimes like it's sometimes it's hard to push 
past that initial feedback, do you think that because you two have so much kind of trust in each other that it's more comfortable? It does to be require able to a lot of trust. That? I mean, during our fr during the first like four or five times that it happened, when we would hit those moments where where it's like you know I don't know if that is a good use of our time, like exploring that idea, um, you you feel like you are you know punching your friend in the face because as artists we identify our creative um, like. The, the things that we make and, and we create in our brain, we identify with them as like part of us, I yes. think a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody expresses that they don't think your idea is as strong or as like useful at getting across the point or uh, em emotion or setting that we're trying to get that, you know, it, it takes time and trust to not let those things negatively impact you emotionally and like your self-esteem and your, your view of yourself as an artist when mm -hmm. you're collaborating. So how do you push past that? Well, I mean, just open communication, like mm -hmm. the moment that it's like, I feel like the way that you, the way that you uh, said that or turned down that idea made it seem like you, you know, didn't consider it or, uh, ju and just being open at, during those moments so that you don't just like take that as a note for the future where it's like, they were condescending to me and they didn't see the value of my idea. But if you said in the moment, like, you know, I don't know if you're, <clears throat> I don't know if you're seeing the, the real value of what I'm trying to say, you can like work through that and get to a place where, where both of you are like at a mutual understanding and you yeah. don't just leave it at the frustration. That's huge importance of trust in creative relationships. I have some other ones, but I want to jump on this for a second mm -hmm. because something that I really love about this job, um, this is something Dine and I were talking about on Monday after the most recent meeting of coming up with ideas for you to draw. Um, like your finger wiggle, is, by the way. This what? is new. <laughs> um, Is one of the things I really love about this job is watching Jared present ideas in a meeting mm, because what? yes <laughs> because jared now it's time to have creative ideas and jared is the person in the room who will just continue having ideas and you can see on your face every time you give an idea that like you are a raw nerve right now like you have put your idea out there and you are feeling very sensitive about like everyone's like facial expressions as you're talking. Mm -hmm. And then the, like almost every single time there's a little bit of hurt on your face. Like no one's like jumping up and down with how great <laughs> this idea is. Even if we all like it, even if it's a great idea, like it's never quite received in the way that takes you like to feeling like super secure. Yeah. And then, but that never stops you. You bring another idea and another idea and another idea. And it's the exact same look on your face mm. every single wow. time. But you keep bringing it. And what Dinah and I were talking about was the thing that's so amazing about that is like the floor needs that person. We need someone. We say now we're doing creative brainstorming to have someone that is just fearless to just be constantly presenting ideas so that everyone else at the table feels really safe. Mm -hmm. to like also have ideas like if we're, if everyone's just sitting there silently thinking like that's a scary environment somebody has to, to break bring that. your yeah. idea into you're like well now i'm going to talk and i must obviously i think this is really good because i'm breaking the silence for it yes but if wow. jared is just pumping <laughs> ideas over there in the corner now everyone else in the room feels comfortable sharing mm -hmm. and that wow. is something that i super appreciate about you and about this job mm -hmm. um as for relational things, you were, you got me thinking of one. Um, I really like how the nature of a lot of what I do here enables me to seek like feedback or advice or insight from other people, particularly mm. my wife, um, Dinah. And you know, it, 
I could seek it from anyone, but you know, she's my favorite. And because, you know, it, it's not like I, you know, you need some sort of like technical institutional knowledge to really connect or like give me advice on what I'm doing. It's like, is this funny? Is this emotionally resonant? Like, am I sending the wrong message here? What would make this work better? This doesn't feel right. Whether it's some sort of game experience or a story or some sort of community messaging, like everything that I do for the most part, like I can connect with other people about it and ask them about it and they're interested in it. And, uh, you know, so I don't have some job that like I can only communicate about it with the other small subset of people who know what the heck I'm talking about, mm, yeah. which is really satisfying. Mm hmm. Yeah, anybody can have ideas. It's it's really nice having all of my um, people that I use as sounding boards in my life who at first glance or if I were to ask them like, hey, could I bounce ideas off you for a board game? They might be like, I actually don't want to have that conversation because I'm not boring. interested. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if they don't know that's what we're talking about and I'm just like presenting it as like, oh, you know, narratively in this kind of situation, what do you what would you do? Like what kind of things would you want to be able to do in this situation? And then I am thinking like, how could I implement that mechanically? And so I always see those conversations with uh, outsiders uh, who are you know, not making who, who aren't actually making the board games okay. as, as useful because even if they might not think that they would have something that could contribute if I introduce the concept to them outside of the parameters of like helping me design a board game and I'm just like hey if you were in this particular situation what would you do or what you know tools would you try to fashion or like how would you respond to this situation and then I am doing the work of thinking about how that could you know be implemented mechanically. I actually love being a part of those conversations too. Um, some of my favorite times is when you or or Mark and Tom will like take me on a walk and they're like, okay, so if this happens, what what do you feel because of that? You know, and I, I just feel so valuable as part of those conversations. And that's probably how other people feel too when you're coming to them asking for that kind of feedback. You feel valuable to be able to kind of speak into a story that way based on your own experience. Well, and you are valuable. And that's part of what's so satisfying is that like all these people in your life or even just, you know, the most important people in your life can be valuable to what you're doing because they understand what the heck is going on. Mm -hmm. What are some of you? I want more weird Krista things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I really like when I am out in a forest or anywhere really, and I just see a face staring back at me, mm, like yes. in the in, in nature. The yeah, I'm sure. Uh -huh. oh, yeah, yeah, and sometimes it's like, well, there that already is fully formed, and I just have to draw it because it's so clearly just like looking at me. Mm -hmm. Those little face recognition. Does it only happen in the forest, or does it happen in other places? No, everywhere. Like on my mic where there's yes, the little please, bite yes. marks and there's a... <laughs> show the camera. Show the camera. His name is Mike. And, uh, <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> um, okay. I have one that I would say is really... It is kind of that weird little thing that is interesting. So on Facebook specifically, um, when whenever I'm doing presence management, so that's basically like going in and kind of interacting with other people who are interacting with our content and that kind of thing. Um when you promote a post on Facebook, it, it uh, significantly increases the reach and engagement, right? And so there's like a whole grip of new people who liked the post. And then you can click on it and see the people who liked the post. And then there's a little invite button next to it. And you can click the invite button to like invite them to like your page. And like going through and clicking all the invite. There is something about that experience that is like one of my favorite things to do. 
I used to do that all the time. I haven't done that in a very long time. I need to get back into that little... <laughs> that little invite mm-hmm. uh, habit. Yeah. When Teresa started, she took over doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, There's probably tons to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. awesome. um, one of the things that I really love is I love that my children can understand what I do, at least sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not like this abstract thing the dad goes and does. And I also love that the nature of what I do could conceivably inspire them on some level or at least like um like mm-hmm. model for them that like you can do something for passion and not a paycheck like so when they grow up even if they think like board games are you know frivolous and silly or whatever like whatever their thing is like they can pursue it because that's what dad did yeah. really like that mm-hmm. i really like that um that the nature of our work begs for me to really bring something out of myself. Like, like if I'm writing or working on a game or doing something where I'm leading the team in something and like I'm going through the motions, like that becomes really evident to me in the result. Mm, And it's only when I like really crack something open inside and put Tom into it that it starts feeling like, okay, this is this is right now. I did this well. And, and sometimes you, you can't do that every time because sometimes you just have to get stuff done. And so maybe it doesn't have, mm-hmm. it t- doesn't Tom always happen, open but the work it. is begging for it. Yeah. And in other jobs that I've had, like there's not even room for that if I wanted to. Yeah. What are you going to you know, do? It's like code the spreadsheet. Wow. Yeah. So you know, impressive. like I really poured myself into designing this internal process for how we're going to do things 5% more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, Tom opening his soul in a way that makes the thing better mm-hmm. and touches people's lives. But everything we do here begs for that, which mm-hmm. is very satisfying. Like there's as much of that available to me as I can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I really like that and relate to that. That kind of leads me into another one too. That's very similar, but a little bit different is where I am working within these constraints that are given, you know, they like we need something that fits this and has these elements in it. And I'm working within that. And then I can just see that what comes out of it, well, like what I create to fit those constraints also is a summation of everything that I've been reading and thinking and processing and experiencing. And I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm given this set of constraints and I make something for that, I can just see it staring back at me, all these things that I've been processing. And sometimes that's a surprise. Like I didn't realize that that, you know, that 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 was happening. And yet there it is. I've just created it. I can see it staring back at me. I think that's one of the great joys of it. That's like one of mine really is is listening back to my content and like hearing myself summarize something that like I need in that moment. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's where this has cut that's this healing that i've been working on there it is on camera you know and isn't that really surprising when like realizing oh i already knew that yes. like i'm mm-hmm. i'm hearing myself say that i, I already knew that back then mm-hmm. absolutely back in our barn days you know those barn day Good podcasts barn days. <laughs> what other things are do you have well i mean i actually kind of wanted to move into a question about whether or not we're conscious of these little joys when they're happening or if it's just that as we reflect back, we can identify them. I want to talk about one more before we move on. Then. Okay. So I have one more too. Okay. So it's a good question. Um, uh, Thanks for the validation. You're very welcome. <laughs> you may speak now. Charlie. One of the most uh, impactful and uh, 
the the parts of the job that makes me the most happy is the fact that I know that I am working towards somebody else's enjoyment. Mm, interesting. Um, like a big part of my of my life and internal drive, like as a performer, as an entertainer, is I like I love sharing this eternal burst of sunshine that I have inside of me that makes me so happy when I am like up there dancing or singing or whatever and sharing that with somebody else and holy cow I lost train of thought what was I saying <laughs> um just a lot of what your enjoyment comes from is knowing that you're creating something oh, yeah, for someone yeah. else and so you know um like similar to Dungeons and Dragons where I, I love playing but you know just as much as I love playing I really really love being the DM and you know like trademark Jared Lingle I love being the fun facilitator. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that like I, I get just as much fun doing things for myself as like setting up a fun experience for other people to go through and watching them go through it. Um, like, uh, oh God, it's just like I'm making somebody else happy. I don't yeah, the end result of our work here is pretty satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. My other thing was that I love that as someone who's in sort of a hiring position that we have the potential here when we hire people that like, like to, that like when, when someone gets hired to work for a company like this, like you feel like you've gotten away with something, like you've gotten <laughs> one over on the world, yes. like you've won the lottery in some sort of way. Like, and it, you know, not everyone's going to feel exactly that way, but, a, but a lot of people will. And the fact that, you know, no, most people, at least people our age, maybe that's different now, but most people don't, didn't grow up thinking like I want to go and work for a board game company like mm -hmm. it's not something that you planned on and so you feel like you just fell into the like the universe just conspired to give you this weird fun job that like your friends are jealous of like and we have the ability to like gift that to people by bringing them in mm -hmm. um and just knowing that that's the experience that people have when they come on is really, really satisfying. Because in the past when, you know, I've hired someone, it's been like, they might be proud of having a job or having the title or having a paycheck. But it's all things that have to do with like status or achievement or security. But here it's just like being able to say that you work at this place is in and of itself like something that people are giddy about. Yeah. And that is really satisfying. Mm -hmm. I get a similar feeling. Um in my own business too when i see like one of my employees post something that's like i love my job and they put quotes around it and and talk a little bit about how happy they are in the culture and environment there really isn't there isn't a dopamine hit like or maybe that's even serotonin this is like real long-term happiness coming from these when when people are like satisfied with their life situation because of uh, effort that you've put into something because of something that you've built that's that's like real joy yeah you've made these jobs that people can now come into and it changes their life yes yeah it's mm -hmm. very very satisfying so let's get to what you were wanting yeah, to talk about so so do we notice these joys in the moment do we appreciate them in the moment or is it something where we're only really thinking about it and appreciating it as we go as as we reflect back i think for me part of what is so joyful about the joys is that they inherently take me right into that moment. Mm -hmm. So I am Ooh, they there. They take you. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm there appreciating. I can't not like, you know, be feeling the, the, the tactility of these materials and it puts me there right in the mm -hmm. moment. So I would say, yes, I'm, I'm conscious of it at the time. Mostly you too. Definitely. Um, well, you know, when I'm 
condensing a huge <clears throat> a huge paragraph or when I all of a sudden have a flash of inspiration and I can see like the whole arc of what the survival task is going to be and how epic mm. and cool it's going to be. Um, like both of those like uh, moments where the creativity takes you, the muse descends and you are like ready to move forward with your creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you I th- realize it? I, I realize it too. I think I didn't used to, you know, it used to be something where it's like, I'd have to mindfully be like, you need to reflect on these things and like appreciate stuff. But I think, you know, as I've gotten older, but particularly since my surgery, like I am in a, I am slowed down more and I realize all the time, like, I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. Like this moment is awesome. And what this person is doing is great. And I'm really appreciating this experience or the ability to do this. Like, so I am appreciating things more in the moment now and, um, being less concerned with all the things that don't bring something like that. Mm-hmm. It feels like, um, these little bits of joy to me, it feels like alignment, doesn't it? Like when we're able to have these kind of joys in our work, that feels like alignment, like harmony. Like when somebody hits a, a bell gong and it sounds just right. It's like this alignment that is important. So you're saying like we're in the right place? Um, maybe not like from a physical space, but like when your talents and skills meet your opportunity and you show up for it, even if that means you made the choice of walking into the forest today and and the face stared back at you from the bark, like that's uh, that joy I feel like is uh, a symptom of alignment. Absolutely. Doing and being where maybe you make the most impact. Yeah, and I think that's really good phrasing of it too. A, a good way of capturing that specific sensation of just like, yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that because why is it important that we even care that we have these little moments of joy? Like we can make an income, we can get stuff done, we can make cool games for people to play. But like, why is it even important that we feel these little sparks of joy? Why do we even care to talk about it? Because I think it's, we're in alignment and we do the best work. We live the best life when we're in a space where we're consciously aware of these moments of alignment we're we're focusing on them we're looking for them we're grateful for them yeah i no longer have any isn't i mean of course everyone wants a work experience where they're having those experiences um but like i'm over accepting a work experience that doesn't provide them yeah like no more mm-hmm. amen <laughs> well thank you for bringing your weird little things or your normal little things um to this this was fun i would love to hear more about other people's uh weird fun little things um that Actually, they enjoy in their job there's a lot of opportunity here to get into more of the things that like like krista was talking about like i love the like the texture of the the feel of the pen on the paper like i bet people have some jobs where there are very specific weird little things like mm-hmm. that that would be very fun to hear about like yeah tell us about them like m- moving the forklift just right and all these like i have little things from past jobs where it was just like these physical experiences that no one else would have I would love to hear other people's. All right. Let's wrap it up so that they can leave a comment. So have a good day, everybody. If you want to talk to us more, uh, orangenebula.com slash topics. Have a good day. We adore you. Stay inspired. Goodbye. Bye.